So testimonies are great, aren't they? I mean, we all have our own testimony of how we've come to God or how we've come to faith. And, you know, we also have testimonies about the amazing thing that God's done in our lives. I mean, I personally love listening to testimonies any chance I can get, and I'm sure you guys feel the same. I've been touched so many times. You know, I've even been brought to tears a few times. And I can honestly say I've lost count of how many times I've shared my own personal testimony. And I think we should really share our testimonies more, any chance we get, because it's a great reminder of the goodness of Christ in all of our lives. But John's closing statements in, or just before his farewells in this letter, he actually shares the most important testimony of all. That's God's own testimony about his son, Jesus. See, he explains this for us in verse 9. He says, We accept human testimony, but God's testimony is greater because it is the testimony of God which has been given about his son. So our passage today is going to speak about this specifically, the testimony of Jesus Christ presented to us by God. In fact, this verse is so focused on testimony that he ends up saying the word testimony or testify like seven times throughout the passage, and it's a very short passage. He just wants to make sure that we absolutely know that this is the testimony that God uses to give us evidence for Christ. Now, the reason I say uses it to give evidence for Christ is because it's very specific law language here. He's he's actually referring to things that came from the Jewish court of law. See, if you wanted to tell anyone anything or prove some sort of point in Jewish law, you would have to prove that you're telling the truth by having two or three witnesses corroborating together to say the exact same thing. So we find that law in Deuteronomy 19.15, where it says, One witness is not enough to convince anyone accused of any crime or offence they may have committed. A matter must be established by a testimony of two to three witnesses. In Jewish law, witness accounts were essential to prove absolutely anything. You couldn't just say, oh, you know, that guy stole my sheep, I want it back. You would have to have a couple of witnesses to actually prove that he did steal your sheep. So God actually decides to keep the exact same rules for himself he, that he set out for his people. So he brings forth three witnesses to testify that Christ, what Christ has done in the world. He, he keeps his own standard to the T, and so he brings these three um, witnesses that we learn about in verses 6 to 8. So verses 6 to 8 say, This is the one who came by water and blood, Jesus Christ. He did not come by water only, but by water and blood. And it is the Spirit who testifies, because the Spirit is the truth. For there are three that testify, the Spirit, the water, and the blood. And the three are in agreement. He's very specific. The three witnesses here are water, the blood, and the spirit. And if you notice closely in verse 8, it says that the three are in agreement. Just like the law in Deuteronomy told us, the three witnesses are all saying the exact same thing about Christ. They're all telling the exact same story. Now, To put that into our own times and uh, to give you guys a little perspective, it's actually very similar to how our law works today. It's almost exactly like our current legal system. 
to preface this, I have been doing some research. So, I mean, I'm by no means a lawyer, but I have watched Extraordinary Attorney Wu. It's pretty good. Teaching heaps about the law. Um, so I'm pretty sure I have it all covered, but could be slightly off. But, you know, this is pretty much what we, we can figure out from the law. Imagine we're in a courtroom, right? We're called to be the jury on a case. So our job is to just sit and listen to the evidence of charges brought before us about against someone. So the prosecutor will come up and he'll show, show that someone committed a murder. He'll have some evidence to show us. You know, he might have the eyewitness of a murder, the videotape and of them committing the murder and the DNA evidence of the crime scene. Now, in this situation, you would hope that the jury is going to convict the person because beyond a reasonable doubt, they've definitely done the crime, right? Like, there's no way they're getting out of that. And just the same way, God actually shows us the same sort of evidences. So imagine in this situation, God is actually the lawyer. So he decides to bring forth three eyewitnesses to prove that Jesus is, in fact, the Son of God and the Messiah. He's trying to prove to us beyond a reasonable doubt that Jesus is who he claims he is. And he has his star witnesses lined up for us to prove that. The water, the blood, and the spirit. So who are these witnesses and what do they actually say about Jesus? Well, the first one that we have is the water. So John tells us that Jesus came by water. And essentially what he's talking about here is the baptism of Jesus by John the Baptist, a different John. So let's take a look in Matthew 3, verses 13 to 17, to see what it says about Jesus' baptism. It says, Then Jesus came from Galilee to the Jordan to be baptized by John. But John tried to deter him, saying, I need to be baptized by you, and do you come to me? Jesus replied, let it be so now. It is proper for us to do this to fulfill all righteousness. Then John consented. As soon as Jesus was baptized, he went up out of the water. At that moment, heaven was open, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove, alighting on him. And the voice from heaven said, This is my Son, whom I love. With him I am well pleased. The baptism of Jesus was the starting point of his whole earthly ministry. God himself spoke at the time, saying, This is my son whom I love. With him I am well pleased. It was evident all around that Jesus was the son of God. John even realized it straight away before the baptism even happened. And this was by no means a private event. There were so many people around to see it. I mean... John must have had a massive following for them to see him of enough of a threat to decide to lop his head off. So we can be certain that many, many people saw this happen. See, Jesus' baptism is an undeniable witness to everyone present that this man, Jesus, was exactly as he said he was, the Son of God. So what does our next witness tell us? Our, ne our next witness, the blood, the blood he's talking about here is Jesus' death and resurrection on the cross. Jesus was brought outside the walls of Jerusalem to Golgotha, where they hold his crucifixion for public execution. 
lots of people came around to see it. They all wanted to see people, this guy get executed, this guy who was claiming to be king of the Jews. They saw him whipped repeatedly. They saw him stripped and nailed to the cross. They saw the guards piss his side with a spear and finally saw him give up his last breath. People witnessed him being laid to rest in the tomb. But more amazingly than any of this, after the resurrection, all his disciples and hundreds of people witnessed Christ raised from the dead, walking around alive and well in the world. Thomas certainly wouldn't, couldn't believe it until he saw, saw Jesus in the flesh and saw the holes in his hand, where he famously said in John 20, 20, 20 28, my Lord and my God. To Thomas, it was undeniable proof that Jesus' resurrection was proof of his, the divinity of Christ. Jesus' death and resurrection are proof of his work on earth and proof that he truly is God. So we have our third witness, and that's the Spirit. Now, this one should be pretty obvious to all of us that he's talking about the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit first came to believers on the time of Pentecost, after Jesus' ascension into heaven. It's the same Holy Spirit that resides in all believers, even up to this day. John tells us time and time again that this Spirit of truth, the Holy Spirit, it's constantly pointing us towards the truth about God and about Jesus. And we have that truth written for us in black and white here in our Bibles or on our screens. And the Holy Spirit is always going to tell us the same exact truth that the baptism and death of Christ tell us. The Holy Spirit's always agreeing with these first-hand witness reports of who Jesus is and what he did in this world. All the witnesses that God presented to us tell us the exact same thing. That this man, this guy Jesus, he is the Son of God. He died for our sins so that we could be free, so that we could know God, so we could live eternally with him. We could live as his children. So if we, the jury, understand our position, then we have to choose to agree or deny that God's testimony is true. But he has proven without a shadow of a doubt that he's telling the truth. Everything within the world word points towards Christ. He is at the absolute center of it all. So God's testimony of his son is right to be believed. What does it mean for us if we actually believe this then? Well, we as Christians are called to share this testimony with everybody that we know. See, verse 9 and 10 tells us a little about this. It says, we accept human testimony, but God's testimony is greater because it is the testimony of God, which he has given about his Son. Whoever believes in the Son of God accepts this testimony. Whoever does not believe has made him out to be a liar because they have not believed the testimony God has given about his Son. Now, this certainly isn't saying that we shouldn't share our testimony. Um, it's, in fact, it's, it's encouraging to us to share both. We should share our testimony and God's testimony to the world. Because human testimony is a good thing. We should be willing to, 
be open and share our testimony with those around us, especially the non-believers in our life. We should tell everyone we get the chance to about the wonder of God and majesty of God in our lives. About how you knew you believed in him for the first time. We should tell everyone all these things. Because all those testimonies are so, so good. But the greatest testimony is God's own testimony. We are called to share the word with people. To tell people of the work of Jesus has done in the world. If we just tell people how good God is and how much he loves us, and we don't tell them how much God loves them and what he's done for them, that his sacrifice was sufficient so that they could know him too, then we've missed the whole point of testimony. Because we can only ever truly call people to God if we are sharing God's own testimony, the testimony that he shared of his son. And in turn, like a jury, they'll have the choice to make whether they believe God's testimony or not. God's testimony is super simple. We read it here in verses 11 and 12. He says, And this is the testimony. God has given us eternal life, and this life is in the Son. Whoever has the Son has life. Whoever does not have the Son of God does not have life. See, God's not just giving us compelling evidence to believe. He's giving us a compelling reason to believe. God offers us God offers eternal life to anybody who believes in Jesus. We get to live in the very presence of God, in heaven and here on earth. He offers the ultimate in joy, security, and safety, that no matter what happens in our life, good or bad, he will always be there for us. And when the time comes for us to pass from this life to the next, God's going to be there with open arms to receive us without sin, without shame, and without condemnation. Because it can't hold us back if we truly believe and if we follow Jesus. So, church, if you are a believer, could I encourage you to share God's testimony with everyone that you can? Even if it just starts with one person. Sharing his testimony Share the truth of the gospel that saved you from a life of sin. Share that truth that means that you get to know God now. And share your own testimony as well. But make sure that Christ is the star of the show. If you're worried or nervous about it, I completely understand. It happens. I think everyone is nervous when they start trying to talk about God to people. But... I started telling people about God's testimony as soon as I became a Christian. Honestly, at first I was so nervous I could barely muster the strength to say anything at all. I would literally just like, yep, you know. But I definitely didn't have all the answers, but I would just try. You know, I would just say anything I could so that these people would know the God that I had just met. But those first few awkward steps with the reason I can now happily share the gospel with anyone I know. And you can do that exact same thing. There's nothing that's stopping you guys from being able to share the gospel with everyone. Just take that first step. Have that first conversation. 
You don't need to Bible bash anyone. But if you have the chance, just never back down. Just say something, anything that you can about the testimony of God. And for anyone who's sitting here who doesn't yet believe in God's testimony to be true, or maybe you've just decided it to be true today, please reach out to whoever whoever you can, whether it's a Christian friend of yours, whether it's myself, Pastor Eddie, or one of our amazing CG leaders here, because God's arms are open to you. He knows you and wants you to know him as well. So if you want to know more about him, if you want to learn more about this testimony that God has to give, we're more than happy to help with that. And if you've decided that you do believe this testimony to be true, we want to celebrate that with you. So please, let us know. So let's have a conversation so that you can really give God a chance. So church, as we pray today and end our message, let's just pray that God would give us the strength Encourage the words to share this testimony of his so that everyone we know can be saved. And if you're on the fence or if you've just decided that you really do want to accept this testimony, if you want to believe in God, to believe in what Jesus has done, then I would just encourage you today to let God know. Admit to Him that you're a sinner in need of forgiveness. And that you know that the only way that you can be free from that sin is through the sacrifice of Jesus, His Son. And that you want to live eternally with Him. So whether... You're needing strength or you're needing Jesus. Let's just take some time to pray all these things today. Let's pray.
Father God, we thank you so, so, so much for your testimony. That you decided to send your son so that we could know you. We thank you for everything that Jesus has done in this world for us. We thank you that you're calling us to be sons and daughters. So Lord, I just pray that, Lord, if we need strength to share this testimony with others, Lord, that you would give us strength. Lord, if we would need a heart change to accept this testimony, that you would change our hearts. Lord, because you are you are righteous and you are true. You only tell us the truth and you only want what's good for us. So God, just help us all to live by this testimony each and every day. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen.